This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Company, and thanks for listening to AMI-audio. If you want to get a hold of us, give us your commentary, feedback, and just uh, take part in the conversation, you can do that, 1-866-509-4545. If you leave us a voicemail and you want us to play that message on air, please do give us permission, and we can uh, check you out. Feedback at AMI.ca is our email address. And on Twitter, you can find us with the handle at AMI-audio. I'm the host of today's show, Ramia Amudin, as Kelly McDonald takes an extra, extra long weekend. I love having the four-day long weekend, so I know he's enjoying himself. Let's get into our tech talk that we do on Mondays with Michael Babcock. It's time for Talking Tech with Michael, bringing you a shot of technology news to get your week going with sprinkles of assistive technology. Michael, do you uh, plan out, you know, once in a while or every so often, especially in the summertime, these extra long weekends? I I didn't know that was an option. I'm going to take some notes from Kelly. (laughs) You didn't know that was an option for Kelly and Company. Oh no, that's a totally different thing. I'm just talking, you know, aside from Kelly and Company. So, so I've been working for the same company for over a year now, uh, and I have some paid time off. And my wife told me the other day, she goes, "You know, you're earning it. You should use it." So i i need to I need to be more conscientious of that and and mm-hmm. use it. But I do love the weekends that are you know, or the holiday weekends that turn those into three day weekends. I have the problem where if I'm taking time off work, I'm guilty because I'll be thinking about what needs to get done at work and then not enjoying myself. Right. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. You know, you definitely need to take a page out of your wife's book and uh, um, yeah, just go, <laughs> what do they call it? Uh, not log off, sign off, just disconnect. Disconnect. Yeah. Yes, There's some yes. way that Jeff says it and it's just perfect. You totally need to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, you're here to keep us posted on tech news and uh, things to keep in mind. So NVDA 22.3. Uh, no, 2022.3 is on the horizon, and we want to talk about what the team has shared with the readers uh, thus far. Yeah, so I have a weird alarm going off in my ear, so uh, hopefully you're not hearing that. But the the first thing that NVDA 22.1 has going on for it is the fact that they have uh, created some characters, and now they are describing characters to individuals. And how they do this is you can turn it on in the settings, and what happens is it will give you phonetic feedback. So if you're arrowing through characters now, you can turn, again, turn the on it's an optional feature uh it will say a alpha b bravo etc and give you those uh that feedback in addition nv access the nonprofit that's behind nvda has uh created a new mailing list for developers Mm. so if you are a developer you might want to be aware of this uh and and i believe more information will be shared with developers uh as we go on the blog and when nvda 2022.3 is is released. 
Love it. Okay, we'll keep posted on that. Google, moving on. Uh, Google Workspace has improved some things um, for accessibility as well. First of all, can you tell us what Google Workspace is and the improvements that we can expect? Certainly. So Google Workspace is Google's answer to Microsoft Office is how I explain it to people. It is the Google products, Google Gmail, Google Docs, Google Sheets, etc. that organizations can pay to be a part of. Or in summary, it's a paid version of the Google products. And the new feature that they have offered, and I'm glad that this is available because some people will need different functionality in different applications, is they have taken uh, all of the accessibility features and instead of you setting it Google Workspace wide, you can go in and set up your uh, accessibility needs for each of the products. So to activate it, you would go into Google Docs or Google Sheets or Google Slides and go to the tools and then accessibility and you can configure your accessibility features for each of those applications again separately this is set to roll out to uh organizations that have gradual release enabled on August 15th and August 29th for scheduled release domains, which in summary means if you don't have it now give it about another week and you should have those features Nice. I'm really interesting that, you know, we have so many more options and preferences or can keep building our preferences this way uh, as access becomes more and more thought about and implemented. And also, I like the fact that it's not one size fits all. If you're blind, yep. you need a screen reader, for example, where some people just need some different color contrast options Absolutely. in specific apps. Absolutely. And, you know, the more I see that everywhere, you know, online platforms or um, things like this, like native accessibility stuff, uh, it just makes me very, very happy because I am that low vision person who mm-hmm. primarily use screen reader, but the the low vision access still very much helps. Now moving to Android 13, it's out. What accessibility improvements can be used there? So Android 13 was released last week for Pixel users, and a couple of the accessibility features include audio description, which I thought was already there, but apparently it was not. (laughs) Now you need to go to settings, accessibility, and then you can go and find the the audio description and uh, turn that switch on. Android 13 also is going to support Braille displays out of the box, so you don't have to go and get a third-party tool to access access those. Note that this does not include HID as was widely discussed in the past. You can now also adjust the size of text and what some users I think will be very uh, handy, you can use two fingers to pinch in on specific sections of a screen and zoom in on that element uh, which makes it easier to uh, see the contents of whatever part of the screen you want versus just streaming or zooming in on the entire screen. And then for individuals who are uh, deaf or hard of hearing, you have real-time text, RTT, which allows you to get a transcript of the phone call that you're on and allows you the ability to type uh, responses to the people you're on and use this text-to-speech to share that with individuals. So overall, pretty good update and it's uh, free supported on right now, Pixel 4s and greater. And of course, uh, some other Android devices will start getting Android 13 over the next couple of months very nice is rtt uh does it get a lot of love on ios and in other places 
That's a very good question. I haven't heard as much about RTT on iOS, but that's not to say that iOS didn't release it earlier and it had its fanfare and now those who use it are using it. Uh, So I'm not sure on that support. I'm curious about that too. I know that some people use third-party support, um, you know, Mm third-party apps and things like that to get the same, you know, essential service, but, um, or like service essentially, but the... Yeah, the native support. I'm curious about that. Okay, we'll keep posted. Before mm-hmm. before we move on to this next topic, one other thing that's not quite accessibility related, but it can be depending on your definition of accessibility is in the I- or Android 13, uh, you can set different languages for different applications. So if you speak one mm-hmm. language and you're communicating in one app, you can have that app be in the language that you speak and everything else be in a different language. So, Oh my God, I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, Thanks for sharing that one too. Waymo is the next on the list. They've designed new features to improve access for passengers with accessibility needs. So what are some of these improvements? Okay. So one of the features that they have announced is they're going to display the rider's initials on the rooftop uh, dome, which is like a sign so they can see what their initials are. Uh, The display will show a call a car ID, which is a two uh, colored letter ID that's uh, configured in the app as well. Uh, So it'll give you a lot more visual representation. But another interesting feature that they have added is the ability to uh, ensure that individuals get in the right vehicle because they're using a, and I listened to it on YouTube, like a more more soft, uh, non-intrusive chime to help signify where the car is. Uh, and it helps people with being able to find the right car that they're looking for. Uh, there is also the um, ability that, that these cars will have the uh, near your car directions. So if you're near your car, it'll give you more audible feedback for getting to your car. And of course, with that sound, you can just home in on that sound to to get to your car. I don't know how they're going to handle it for like if you're at a a, a location with multiple Waymo cars and, you know, three cars are making a sound or, mm. or do you have to go in and set a preference? But it's interesting that they've given this some consideration uh, during this experiment. Yeah, it uh, it seems to be, you know, a pretty thoughtful way of doing things. A couple of the improvements that you mentioned, right? But I am curious about the intention behind it. Like with the the um, passenger name, like their initials on the rooftop, mm-hmm. is that similarly to the second suggestion where it's just supposed to help you identify whether you're getting in the right car or not? That That's my understanding is okay. it is similar to that. So that, that would help with being able to find which car belongs to or doesn't belong, which car you're intended for. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. This would be really helpful in Ubers and other rideshare uh, application as well. So Definitely. some news was recently shared related to autonomous availability in rideshare ap- applications, speaking of which, uh, for visitors to Las Vegas. So what's the latest on this? Yeah, so Lyft is partnering with Motiono, I think is how you pronounce that, which is a autonomous car service. And they have launched a new all electronic, all electric, fully autonomous taxi service in Las Vegas. And they say that as part of this experience, uh, individuals will have two safety drivers in the vehicle, but the safety drivers uh, intention, well, the intention is for them not to have to interact with the car themselves. So you'll mm-hmm. be able to control 
control the fully autonomous journey yourself by unlocking the doors with your Lyft app. Start the ride whenever you're ready to go, again, from the Lyft app or in-car display. But I think for accessibility from the Lyft app, it's going to be the better uh, ability. And then contacting remote agents if needed. And they are working on this over and they're working on a eventual fully autonomous service by 2023 in more than just Las Vegas, several other cities as well. So that intrigued me. We're getting there. I'm excited for it to happen. I'm super excited. I'm actually shocked that you said 2023 um, yeah. as their intended you know, deadline, because usually when you hear things like this, you're like, yeah, 10 years from now. Oh, 20 years from now. But uh, by next year and more than just Las Vegas, that's super exciting. Two- to be fair, we have been hearing f- about it for about 10 years now right. uh, in the mainstream. So Time flies. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay, let's get to some quick stuff. But I, I would love to keep talking about Waymo and um, autonomous vehicles and all this, but we got to keep going. Microsoft is releasing Markdown language server that makes Visual Studio Code's Markdown support available to other editors. First of all, what is Markdown? Markdown is a tool. It's it's a, I guess the best way to describe it is it's a plain text way of formatting your documents. So instead of having to select text and write control alt two to remember that that's a heading level two, you just start the line with hashtag hashtag space and then the text. Mm-hmm. When the markdown then is processed, that hashtag hashtag is turned into a heading level two, either via rich text or HTML. So it's a great way to keep blind individuals who are formatting documents on a level playing field because as long as you know those codes, you don't have to worry about looking at the text to see, oh, that did apply the heading level to or, oh, I did link that properly. Yeah. Okay. In a couple seconds, why might a blind user want to use this? Yeah, so a blind user might want to use this again for the formatting ability so they don't have to worry about it. And the main reason that I am using Markdown is because it's so versatile. I can write up my blog posts in Markdown or convert it from rich text to Markdown and then put it wherever I want it because there's plenty of Markdown to whatever format you want converters available on the web and on Windows and Mac. Wicked. I love it. And we continue to make things accessible. Thank you so much, Michael. We'll chat with you next week. Have a great show, Romeo. Thank you. Unless, of course, Michael decides to take a long weekend as per my suggestion. What have we done? We're going to take a break. Coming back with sports. Brock Richardson is on that on Kelly and Company. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.